Hello and welcome to Indie Apocalypse Radio, your your number one after con hangout. I've I've finally it's been made or I found it. I forgot to check the date on it, but I've it's not an optimal video, but I've finally found my my long sought after Jeff Rosenstock AMV. I now I need another like sort of weird white whale to track down to conjure to like wish into existence. But speaking of um, wishing into existence, I did not. I by the way, my, I'm Andrew. I run Indie Apocalypse. It's the thing. It's the host. I'm the host here of the. I forget that you're supposed to introduce yourself as a host. People don't automatically assume they know who you are. But I mean. This is not a linear podcast. You don't have to start at the beginning. Seven episodes. Jesus Christ! Episode seventy-three. My God, I've been doing this too long. I've been doing all of this too long. <laughs> I showed my friend a cover for the next issue, and he's like, thirty-two, huh? Huh? Um, like a kind of like a. You've been doing this that long, my man. What a world. Well, speaking of what a world, we've got a great world of guests here, or guest here, who you um, listen to, usually you're used to just being in the apocalypse fair, but this is not always in the apocalypse. Guess we have guests from all over the world, including our guest here today, who you may know is just like a, an artist, a game maker, a musician, any. The, the the wonderful multidisciplinary world of the independent artist is Sabrina Sims. Sabrina, how are you doing today? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. Okay. Uh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for the thank you for the introduction. Um, when I whenever I introduce myself, I'm like, uh, yeah, I do like twenty things, and that kind of sums it up. But you summed it up very well. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm so happy to be here. I'm glad to have you here. Glad to have you. Now, I got to ask the question. The, the, the diehards are just banging at the gates, desperate to, to know. Sabrina, how did you hear about Indiepocalypse? Uh, I think I heard about Indiepocalypse uh, from Nathalie Lawhead. Okay. I was, were they on, your, on the, on the Indiepocalypse Indie uh, in the indie apocalypse scene, yeah, in every electric zine maker comes with every issue of oh, indie apocalypse yes. as like a yay, way. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's a way to encourage people to be like, hey, you like you just bought a zine. What if you could also make your own? That's the best. Yeah. So I heard about I heard about indie apocalypse through Nathalie, um, and I use electric zine maker like pretty much every day. So. Um, that's my, that's my workhorse creative glitchy program. Yeah. And I just heard about, heard about y'all like through Twitter, through their Twitter. So. Well, that's a perfect, that's a, I, I, this is, it's part, um, question, part show starter, part, um, marketing <laughs> research for me, which is, yeah, how, how people hear it about this thing. That is a very each, good question. Yeah. I got to figure out, I got to, how to, how do you get the name out there? And, um, I'm realizing that I have seen electric, electric Zine maker in person. <laughs> really? Yes. I'm just realizing this now. Oh, like, wait, how? 
um, like two and a half years ago when I went to IndieCade in LA. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, I don't think, I don't remember if I spoke to them or not. <laughs> now, that, now, now I'm like, huh. Occasionally I will have, have these moments where like, have I met this person before? But like, without being um, IndiePocalypse, people have, would have no context for me, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. I like, I also, um, I did a really big fair in July called um, the Brooklyn Art Book Fair. Yeah. And there were so many people on there that I had met on Instagram um, and they're local zine makers. I'm in, I'm in New York City and I like, you know, know about them and I've seen them, but I haven't, I hadn't met them because yeah. of the, the pandemic. So I was like, oh my gosh, it makes so much sense now. It's like, you know, like two of my synapses, like finally connected. I'm like, oh my gosh, this person is a real person. Yes. Yes. I, um, <laughs> I, but it's also like some of them, I like, I'm like, I think I know you. I like, right, I know, right, right. like, I like vaguely know about you and I like, I feel like. I know about you, but I, I'm not 100% sure, but right. I still think you're a cool person. You have to you have to do the mental, cal- mental calculus of, do I know you or do I parasocial know you, you know? Oh, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. You have to be like, uh-oh, do I actually, do, do I know this person and do they know me or do I just know this person? Do I know of this person? Right. You know, what's funny is that, like, um, it's happened to me twice that I've gone out, I've gone out, you know, just you know, being in, in the city and like someone was like, Hey, do I know you? I'm just like, um, I think so. I... But like the the thing is that like, um I mean you can see from my like pro my like profile picture, that's yeah. actually from the Brooklyn Art Book Fair. I have like distinctive like pink hair and I you can spot me from a mile away. So I'm like, okay, that that makes more sense. That like you can just like tell who I am without yes. like and then these people are like, oh, yeah, you're, I follow you on Instagram. I'm like, oh, cool. Wow, I'm, like, noticeable. That's kind of, yeah. like, interesting. How, how does it feel the first time somebody's like, I know who you are? Um, It was kind of jarring, yeah. honestly. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I, I've seen your username. Okay. <laughs> it's just, like, it's a weird disconnect, but I think it's it's kind of hilarious. Right, right. It's just it's, it's very... Um... Because more people are encountering it like every day, as everybody's like increasingly like online with their own personal brand. You can ha- every yeah. you can have like a fo- like a follower count of a hundred, but like a community of ten that would be like, "Wow, you're so cool!" And so it's like it, it's it's this weird thing that it's, it scales obviously, but yeah. you can still have like. You don't have to have the like. You don't have to be a celebrity anymore to get recognized on the street, which is a strange thing. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely definitely an interesting new phenomenon. Have you gotten any? I I know you, and then they're like, and then you're like, I have no idea who you are. I think they have the wrong person. Um, I don't think so. I like because I'm pretty like social with the like the local like art scenes in yeah. the city. So like I feel like usually I know of someone usually like or like unless they're pretty new to it too. Right. Cuz like technically like I only started doing art professionally um 
I would say probably like 2019. That's when I like was like, yeah, I'm an artist now. <laughs> <laughs> Almost, I would say one better year to start than 2020, which is. I know. Yeah, I like. I was like slightly ahead of the curve. Yeah. <laughs> only, yeah, but it was like yeah, only, only very slightly. But you got yeah, you got in no. under the wire. Yeah, I started making zines the summer of 2019 because um, I went to like a a local workshop, yeah. um, and I had just come back from my like trip to um, to Korea and Japan. Um, and I like made a scene about that. So like, it's like a very like distinctive period in my mind. I'm like, oh yeah, like, yeah, that's like, that's when I started making zines and that's when I like started, you know, figuring out like my, my like where I wanted to be as an artist right? in the professional sense. And did the, was the workshop the thing that drew you to zine making or was that, or did you have kind of like zines in the back of your head already? Well, it's so funny because, like, right before I did that workshop, right before I left for my trip, because my trip was a month long, I took a solo trip. Yeah, also Um, a perfect time to get an overseas trip. I know, yeah. (laughs) Just right, right, right Right. before. Right on on the cusp. I don't know if you can, I still don't know if you can do that now. No, I'm not doing that. No, or or if if, if they would even let you in. Oh yeah, I think they're letting people travel to Japan and South Korea, okay. but they, I think they still might, they have like pretty strict quarantines as yeah. far as I heard. Or at least strict, um, um outsider, like, uh, tourist quarantines. Yeah. yeah, I heard like if you went, um, if you, if you traveled there, like, you know, right in the middle of like, probably like last year, um, they would like literally like quarantine you like, at your where you, wherever you were staying for like you know, I think it was like at least a week, and they would like send you like food and snacks and stuff because they just wanted to make sure you didn't come and infect the rest of the country. Right, right. So it's like if you're making a trip, plan for t- at least two weeks. Yeah, just plan for two weeks, just like sitting in your in your hotel. Yeah. But yes, not not to derail you, the zine making. Oh yeah, the zine making. I actually, so I made a zine right before I left. I started a zine right before I left, and it's called um, "You're So Cute When You're Angry," and I never finished it, and I still haven't finished it. And I kind of think it's like, it's better left unfinished because yeah. it's kind of like, oh yeah, I started doing this thing, and then like I like just didn't finish it, and like so, like I've made, um, I think. I, I lost count, honestly, of how many zines I've made, but I think it's at least 50 now. <laughs> that's that's the, the secret of them, is you can make a lot of them very quickly. Yeah, with, like, with, with uh, I wouldn't say minimal effort, but right. it's like, you know, you how many books can you make in, you know, a period of two years? Two three years. Right, right. It's, it's how many zines can you make? Right, it's a it's a matter of length. They're, yeah. They're um, you know, they're eight pages or nine pages on yeah. a, on average. Um, but yeah, I think what happened was that like I I went to purchase college for my first two years of college, and um, they have a yearly zine fest 
And when I was a freshman, um, I went there and I was like amazed because it wasn't just a strictly zine fest. It was like, you know, all the students had like tables and they were like selling, you know, zines, their art, um, you know, their like t-shirts and like clothes they wanted to like get rid of. So it was kind of like almost like a market, but like centered around zines. So I thought that was cool. And like, I had never heard about them before then. Um, and I got my first scenes from there too, which is like really cool. Um, and then, you know, for like, that was basically like a period of like, so like 2012 to like 2019, it's like a period of like six years that I didn't like, you know, do anything with scenes. Um, and also like New York has, um, it's called Mocha Fest, and I yep. used I went there like twice. Oh, do you know about it? I know, yeah, I know about Mocha. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I, like I went to Mocha I'm a real, Fest, I'm a like real comics head. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really funny how like the zine and comic worlds are overlap a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so basically, like I went to mocha fest a few times um you know because i was like i was into art you know when i was like in high school so i've always done it but um i like bought scenes from there and like i started collecting them a little and then like when i went to the workshop that sealed the deal um yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's a roundabout story right right but no it's uh and then it, so I like post workshop, post that first zine, that kind of just sort of cemented like, oh, this is I like making these a lot. Yeah, I think what really helped me is that um, it was like a group workshop. Right. So it was mostly people that had never made them, and um, I believe the workshop was by Eight Ball, um, Eight Ball Radio, which is like a they do a they have a zine library in the city too. Um, so we had like an experienced zine maker, um, working with us and we had like, you know, copy machine. It was like a whole day thing. And I think that kind of support really like made it feel, you know, like a doable thing to me because like, I think for me, even now, it's kind of hard to like get the motivation to work on projects without kind of having, um, like a community or like, you know, social element to it. Right. The idea of just like making something and just re- making something in nothing and releasing it into also nothing. Yeah. It's like with this art in a vacuum. Yeah. It's a, it can be a tricky thing. Yeah, definitely. So I think that helped me like, you know, give me the courage to be like, yeah, I can, I can do this. And you know, like, it's okay that I needed to like, like, I think, yeah, I think people doing new things need support um, when they're doing it, and that kind of gives them more confidence. Right, right. To, you know, experiment. And because and being around also a bunch of beginners, because I think, I think sometimes people's tendency when they're starting <laughs> something is to compare themselves to the people they know who are not beginners, you know? Yeah. And you're like, why doesn't my work look like theirs? <laughs> but then Do when, you do that? Uh, yeah, no, not anymore. <laughs> but I recognize why my work doesn't look like other people's work because yeah, I don't spend as much time on it. I don't have the hours put in. Behind m- most geniuses is a lot of hours you never saw. Yeah, that that a hundred percent 
makes sense. Um, but, but like, yeah, yeah, it's definitely good. Good making stuff with beginners. It's yeah. kind of like, oh, we all don't know what we're doing, so that kind of is like, yeah, like I, I can, I can literally like make a mess of this, and it doesn't matter. And right. It's actually like a good thing. Yeah, I think that's also a strength to zines, is because they're short. So if you make a bad one that you don't like, at least yeah. it was only nine pages. <laughs> That's what I tell my friends, and like when I do workshops, I'm just like, your first scene does not have to be good. Yeah. And it probably won't be good, but the fact that you made it is the most important thing. Yeah, I I've in, increasingly stressing to people that it things don't matter if they're perfect. It's better that they're done than they're ever being perfect. Yeah, perfect is the enemy of good. Right. Exactly. <laughs> There's no. Uh, what is the? Oh no, I lost a lot. Anyway. Um, nothing is ever perfect because that's just, yeah. it does not, not work like that. Yeah. <laughs> Perfection is just like, uh, you, you saw, you saw like the version of it that you wanted to see. And then you, you don't see all the imperfections that the person who made it saw. Yeah. You don't see all the, all the sweat and mistakes. Yeah. Ah, yes, yes. The, the, the one I was looking for is perfect. always takes so long because it don't exist. Um, but that's I was like, what, what was it? I had to rearrange them in my head. But yes, no, you can't. You just ought to do stuff. And like, yeah, which is tricky when you don't have uh, workshops, you know, you don't you're not in yeah. a place that has like a art scene. Because it, yeah, I think that's mm-hmm. where that's where online helps a little but even um at least within games i feel jams have been getting to um i i don't know professional corporate however you want to phrase it like yeah that's kind of strange it's like too competitive like it's like it's a it's an intentional contest it feels like yeah i never really like kind of felt comfortable submitting my art to like things i was like oh yeah this is like a contest yeah and i'm just like so it's not a submission it's kind of like there's like a a big difference to me because like i don't know i think wording matters because it's like a contest it's like oh you know we might give some people like bunny or like something or like you know share on our instagram Oh yeah, let's 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 speak. <laughs> Sabrina, calm down. Give people money. Why give them money when you give them exposure? Yeah, yeah, exposure. Yeah. yeah. A shout out on our Instagram to all of our followers. Something that they probably oh never do. <laughs> and yeah. definitely, there's like if, yeah. It's like yeah, it, it's like if big companies are doing stuff like that, I'm super suspicious about them. Yeah. Well. That why why wouldn't you be? They're bigger, so they have bigger platforms. That's even more exposure. Yeah. Maybe it's exposure, like you know, when you're outside in the snow. Yeah, it kind of is. It's like you're technically getting ah, I'm getting I'm getting air <laughs> and sunlight, but it's destroying my body. Yeah, that's actually a really good metaphor. Now I have it in my back pocket in case someone wants to offer me exposure. Right, right. Yeah, it's my advice is don't get in the games. That's all. It's, that entire thing is built around exposure. 
Oops. <laughs> Too yeah. late. Well, I mean, I think I should, I should further uh, clarify video games. Yeah. I think um, tabletop is a little better off. But because um, video game conventions are all about like, you know, hey, uh, the, the, basically you're paying for exposure at all those things. Nobody sells stuff there. Yeah, so makes sense because it's like you know, you can buy a tabletop game. Yeah, um, but you can't quite. It's not quite as easy to just be like, yeah, I'm gonna buy a video game. I I I figured I figured that technique out. Oh wait wait yeah I just I just connected the dots. Didn't you have like a thing where you had, where you went to a convention and you had like pieces of paper with the games on them yeah i make um, little art cards with the covers on them or or like or like key art if for if i'm selling other people's games i just like a piece of art they give me for a postcard so that people Mm -hmm. get like a nice little postcard then there's a code on the back that's such a good idea i i highly encourage that people do that like i mean i've generally been doing that yeah, like if you're selling a tabletop game like a PDF, and you can and you have like a nice piece of cover art, you can just sell them a piece of cover art, or even like um, yeah. like a like you have like a zine, like a little rule book or whatever. You can put like a little PDF or a little thing on there too. Interesting, because um, uh, oh yeah, so I shared I shared my um my like my card game with you yes oh you i was like which one of us is gonna, gonna get to the transition first <laughs> yeah it's a it's a um it's radio talk not talking about games yeah. right like right circling around i was i was looking for my, my way in like i found one and then i talked my, then i talked my way out of it and then i found another then you found one anyway so games you also make games yeah well, i'm game, making my least. first I'm making my first game. Now, tell me a little bit about this game. I presume I did not have, I was not given a Google <laughs> Doc to read about it. Because like, like the, the audience doesn't have a Google Doc that they read about it. Tell me about this game. They don't have a Google Doc. And I will actually pull up my Google Doc. Oh, so I don't like, so I, I have my speaking points. Yeah. Um, but yeah. The gist of it is, so I'm working on a card game called Tarot Poem Party, and it's a game where you make, it's a semi-competitive game where you make poems together with your friends, and it's kind of like the vibe, like the the feel I'm going for is kind of like you're making poem, you're sitting at a table with your friends, you're kind of like writing together, and like, it's kind of like that community sense that I was talking about of like yeah. making um, but it's also kind of like I want it to feel like Uno, where it's like, "Hey, you stole my poem. <laughs> okay, hey, you yeah. like, you know, you took points because basically you're making poems for the sake of points and also for the sake of writing and right. kind of like, you know, it. I don't like the word gamify, but it kind of like gives you an incentive to write and yes. like do quick, do quick, do quick writing that is not you know like book length. They kind of just to keep get your like creativity moving which is something that i i struggle with um because on top of my let's see my music making my zine making my print making i also write a lot of poetry um but it's kind of like yeah there's 
the social element that it has always like not always been missing but it's kind of like you know writers are stereotyped as solitary yeah but it's like you kind of think about why that is it's like you know how many opportunities how many opportunities do you have to like gather your friends and like write with them yeah yeah. Especially because you cannot, like, um, it's hard to have everyone contribute to a single piece. That's just kind of, like, not the nature of written text, typically speaking, you know. Yeah. So it's kind of like, I I was thinking about it. Um, I have I have a, I have a good amount of board games. Um, one of my favorites is Cat Lady. And it's, do you know about it? I don't know. I'm um, Cat Lady is basically this game where you feed your cats food, and you earn points for doing that, and you also collect, um, toys and, like, you know, catnip and stuff for them, and it's very cute, and it's like a, it's, I like it because it's a, it's a casual, you know, casual game, and it's kind of like, you know, I like that it's, it's a little bit more light than, you know, the stereotypical, like, you know, tabletop game. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I was kind of like, it's it's only like tangentially related, but it's kind of like, I liked the, I wanted to combine the act of like, you know, playing with cards and like shuffling them and stuff with like writing. Right. It's, it's related because it's, it's evocate, like evoking a feeling, which I think that people don't always associate with something being related to something else because you like, Oh, it doesn't borrow any of the mechanics, but it, it it tries to evoke the same feeling. Yeah. That you get from well, playing it. Well, it kind of like it. So I pulled up my Google Doc and I have my like my nice blurb. So yeah. <laughs> it's uh, Tarot Poem Party is a game where you write poems with your friends. Um, in the semi competitive tarot inspired game, earn their vengeance by stealing points stealing their poems for points and experiment with your creativity it can be played um it can be played solo or as a group and used as a writing tool um with the different variations and uh rules and some of my inspirations are mario party Yu-Gi-Oh, the anime not the manga and cat lady now now why the specification here <laughs> Is it because well, it doesn't involve so, quite as much death? Yeah, well, because it's kind of like me and my best friend Rachel, um, who's also like very nerdy and and a writer too and an artist. Yeah, he always like made fun of like you know, oh, I play my you know, I play my Exodia card and I like you know take fifty points from you. So it's kind of like okay, so how do I combine like the silliness of like you know card games for kids right, or like narrative like narrative <laughs> card games with mechanics or the narrative <laughs> yeah so it's kind of like i want it to be like a game where you're actually sitting around laughing with your friends because it's also like i started making it last year like last fall um and i was kind of like stumped because i was like um when people hear about this game they're gonna think it's like oh you're just sitting around yeah. quiet and like writing and not talking to each other and i'm right. like that sounds like an awful game <laughs> and then tarot and poetry are very common in the the ttrpg space for... yeah i found out about that after i started making it yeah. and i'm like oh my gosh that's amazing which is th- i love that to the plus side a lot more 
it probably presumes a lot of people have tarot decks then. Yeah, so it's kind of like also um, the way that I'm integrating this into the rest of my work is that um, I do illustration and uh, print design. So it's kind of like I want this to be a functional tarot deck too, which is going to be like that adds another layer of complexity to this project. Yeah, that's that's the curse Uh, of being multidisciplinary because you're like, oh, oh, I can do all this stuff. Yeah, I'm like thinking like, because, like, my next step is, um, so basically I have the rules, um, rules down. I'm starting to work on, like, the layout, um, and the, like, the actual cards because I want to have a print-to-play version yeah. and also, um, like, a physical version where I, like, you know, get the cards made or I might print the cards. Um, but it's also, like, huh, like, I'm gonna do all the art for the cards? Interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> suddenly a full deck yeah. like you kind of just it's something you say is very easy to say i'm gonna i'll just make all the art yeah. for the cards and then you count how many cards there are and how many pieces of unique art that is and then yeah you kind of dug yourself a big hole there <laughs> yeah um so yeah that's like that's that's a problem that i'm actually trying to look forward to solving yeah. um efficiently because um my so use i also do digital digital art and that's where i use a lot um where i use electric zine maker a lot is that i use it kind of as like a glitch tool and kind of like to push the colors and like my illustrations and stuff so i'm thinking about like using that software to like make the art and kind of like almost make it a little bit more uniform because right. I've also found some like resources where there's like royalty free like vector art. Um so it's like kind of basically like I would, you know, do some rough drafts and then like run it through Electric Scene Maker and like, you know, edit it and make the each piece unique but not have the, you know, the problem of having to like hand draw everything, which I think is what will take the most amount of time and effort. For me, yeah. Now, Serena, have you heard of this thing called AI art? I think it's. I think it's. I think it takes care. <laughs> takes care of the work of. Oh my god! <laughs> of there being an artist involved at all, you can just. Yeah. You can just type. You can just type. Um, full tarot deck, please, <laughs> and you'll get. Oh my gosh! I mean, is it a little lifeless? Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Does it kind of lack personality, but it's like technically proficient? Probably. But, yeah, I won't be using my yeah. using any AI art. Yeah, that <laughs> my my ongoing stance in AI is I hate it. I can't stand it. I'm sick of it. I don't want to see it anymore. Yeah, it's, like, it's kind of like I don't know. I think it's like it seems like it's a logical progression of like you know commodifying of art, right? Um, and like also de- devaluing devaluing it too at the same time so it's kind of like it's kind of like i'm trying to like it's it's like interesting because it's it's trying to like say yeah making art takes a long time and we want to be efficient about it but it's like totally like the wrong evil way to do it right yes you know And, (laughs) and and i'm and it's like it's a real one two punch of just like crypto or nft is straight into 
Oh yeah, AI it's art. like it's the same thing basically. It's like, oh yeah, we got these computers and we're, we got to do something with them because like now it's taboo to like be doing crypto. Right. Um, if you're not a crypto bro, and so it's and like, thankfully like, yeah, yeah. So now they're wondering what's what's the new way we can um, replace <laughs> artists. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, like interesting because like. So I also like do live coding. Do you know about that? No, tell me about live coding. Okay, so live coding is basically making music with code um and you're performing at the same time. Um and I just like got into like doing that. I would say like last winter. Yeah. And that's also like another community I'm part of and it's like that's like the techiest, um, probably the techiest community I'm like part of. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting because like you know, I don't know because it's like you think that I would like there would be a lot of like crypto bros doing live coding. I mean, no, not all right. So actually, no, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you think that if it's a tech tech community, yeah. there will be a lot of people like you know, for maybe for the stereotypical view would be like, you know, these coders, programmers are like doing all the crypto things. Right, but it's right. like funny because it's a very life life coding is a very like DIY community. And like all the most of the software that we use is like open source. So like most people are like very anti crypto and I'm just like it's so funny, like, the contrast between, like, you know, stereotypical, like, thoughts of, like, people in, like, tech spaces versus, like, the actual reality. Right, right. It's the kind of, well, I, I wonder how many people in those tech spaces are just also, like, um, yeah. money people in those tech spaces, yeah. not even tech people in those tech spaces. Yeah, who's, like, the loudest person in this room versus, like, who's the, the majority? Yeah, right? yeah. Right. When you have a lot of money, you can throw it around a lot and then get people to pay attention to you. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, I, I really love live coding and it's kind of like, um, it's basically like, you know, to me, I, I've been connecting music and art and games a lot together and also like poetry. And there's a lot of like, you know, overlapping elements, which is like, kind of been like really cool and like i don't know it's like it's been interesting to kind of like figure out things that go together and things that you wouldn't think that would go together and that's yeah. a, kind of like you know most of my like practice slash stuff i do it's kind of like just mismatching everything together and seeing what happens yeah now how, how did you get into live coding was that just another case of just checking out stuff that was happening nearby and be like, ah, oh, I've never done this before. Um, let's see, how did I find... Okay, so, um, one of my friends, um, her name is Char Styles, and, um, she is a... She's part of... She's part of Live Code NYC, um, which is, like, the group that I'm, like, really active in. I'm also part of it, too. Um, but I met her at, um this fair called Emergence Fair that a print, print studio called Hyperlink Press um, ran last October. So basically they were like part of the space um, 
which is now known as Hex House, that this fair was running out of. And they came and said, hey, like, I saw you on Instagram. I saw you on Instagram, like, you know, we should, we should, like, you know, hang out sometime and, like, talk about, you know, art stuff. And they invited me over to a jam at their house. And then, you know, I started getting more involved in, like, and, like, you know, checking out the shows and stuff. Cause, like, you know, there's a lot of live code shows. That's, like, you know, a lot of live coding is, like, um, you know, electronic ish music. But honestly, like, very, so I went to, like, shows, I, like, signed up for, I had actually um, performed for the first time live that past, like, last, last December, so it was, like, two years ago, um, actually, wait, no, one year ago, <laughs> a time, <laughs> I think, yeah, it was... I don't know. It was like one or two Decembers ago, but I had like ran a zine fair, um, and I like used the opportunity of me running my own zine fair to like be like, "Hey, I'm performing for the first time," even though like I'm very terrified, yeah. and you know, still time kind of like I had experience performing, and like I also like did my second show um, at Hex House, so it's kind of like you know, I just felt wel really welcome in this like community of like you know hackers and artists and like people that love making weird obscure music um so yeah basically like i met i met Shar and like after that i was just like you know became friends with lots of people that did live coding and i'm like yes now i'm a live coder right right you just you need to you're like 20 things wasn't enough what if i had 21 yeah, no it's like i keep it's like for me i bounce around from project to project a lot so that's yeah. how i keep myself not bored right. basically yeah no i've i've never understood how somebody could get bored there is so little so, yeah. so little time to do anything i know yeah it's like it's a fun problem to have yeah yeah I just say yeah. I like gave my life my life code um elevator pitch. No, like I um uh, I I've, listen. I don't I don't know how how available it is to people around the world, but you can you can look it up. I could type in live code right now, and let me. You could probably yeah. learn about it. like what do you what do you well, need for it? Um. Okay. So there's like a lot of programs, but I would say the best one for people to start off with. Um, is either okay so there's this so there's like live coding visual programs and there's live coding musical music programs yes yeah. um the one i use is called title cycles and it has a really active discord community um that one is like kind of annoying to install but it, it basically like the thing that makes it special is that it plays music in like a circular yeah pattern versus like you know Something like in a, I don't know, like, I don't know, like a, a DAW, like where there's like, which is a digital audio workstation. And it's kind of like, you know, the music goes from like, you know, left to right from beginning to start. But title cycles, it may basically like cycles the song around. I mean, the sounds around and they repeat. Um, but yeah, title cycles is cool. Um, Sonic Pi is a really good program also because... It was made for kids, um, so it's like pretty simple, and it's like it has a low, um, 
like you know startup time like you literally just have to go to like sonicpi.com or whatever it is and like download the program and that's it right and it's in yeah it's it's easy i when you said title was um complicated and like i saw free open source software i'm like ah yes that's why my old yeah yeah that's the thing that open source open source software is that like you know since it's a very it's an act of love and like community service you know it's like kind of like a bunch of like parts glued together and yeah. like hoping they work and sometimes it'll Just... it'll it'll take function over often it will take function <laughs> over form yeah which is yeah. listen. I, I, I've, ne- I've never wanted to complain. I would rather something work than look nice. Yeah, it's like you have to balance it. Right. Yeah. But, okay. I'll, I'll, yeah. I say that, but then I could not use GIMP when it didn't have any anchored menus. Or oh anything. yeah. Oh yeah. I remember using GIMP, GIMP when I was like in high school. Yeah. Um, GIMP is like a a drawing software, like like the like the very like freeware version of photoshop yeah and i um <laughs> when it was all just separate windows oh my gosh and so, yeah and I, I i could not manage now now gimp is great yeah it's a lot better yeah I, yeah that just brought up like a flashback to me like sitting on my like on my like windows like i don't know maybe it was like window windows windows xp computer yeah like trying to draw like fan art on gimp and like suffering yeah right it's <laughs> and then um <laughs> findings just finding of course a computer has a copy of cs2 portable on it just i uh, just finding it it's just weird how that happens sometimes when you're in high school yeah you just find it somewhere you're like, like i didn't just anywhere right i didn't check this <laughs> weird i didn't check this folder earlier but it has a copy of Photoshop in it. Weird how that happens. <laughs> yeah, or like where your friend gives it to you on like a on a USB drive. Yeah. So funny. Yes. It... But don't tell Adobe. No. They'll come after us. <laughs> I think I think the statues are. I don't think that my my <laughs> cracked version of CS2. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they're still coming for me. I think it might yeah, still I be was... on my laptop. I was a kid back then. You can't you can't prosecute kids for for right. um, pirating you software, right? You can't bust a kid for downloading Pokemon ROMs in high school. Yeah, it's like I, it's like I didn't know. I didn't know it wasn't free. The website said free Pokemon on it, so yeah, I wanted to it's play. It's free Pokemon. It says it's free. I wanted to play Pokemon for free. What's your favorite Pokemon game? Uh, I have. Do you have one? I don't know. You don't. No. You like. You just like the Pokemon. You. It's more the opposite. It's more, like, I, more like I don't care about Pokemon enough to have a favorite. Yeah. It's... I'll always take the. Go ahead. No, no, that was the end of my sentence. I just. <laughs> I'm indifferent. I, 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 as the as the book, good book says, I grew up and I put away childish things. Uh, yeah. But... Basically, it's fine. I have no opinion on yeah. it. Pokemon adults are <laughs> very say, weird. <laughs> yeah, it's like I like I'm super nostalgic yeah. for it. Or not, that's and I, I must emphasize that that is when I say Pokemon adults, I say in the same way than one would say Disney adults. <laughs> yeah, not adults that play Pokemon, but adults that are too into Pokemon. 
Yeah, I think my favorite, my two favorite Pokemon games are Pokemon Emeralds, which is like, you know, every, every kid that's like, every person that's like in their, most people, a lot of people in their like 20s, like me, are like, yes, like Emerald was my favorite because like, that was the first Pokemon game I ever beat. Okay. I, I was like eight, and I was eight, and I like you know beat it, and I was like crying. I was like, oh my gosh, I did it. I'm I'm a little older, so I checked out a gold. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. But what's yeah. what's what's the second one? Is it is it Mystery Dungeon? Second... Is it um? Uh-huh. Let's see. Hey, you Pikachu. Hmm. Let's see, my other favorite one. Pokemon. I'm gonna go for the obscure. I'm gonna go for the obscure option, which is like Pokemon Channel. What is and it that? was like Pokemon. Pokemon Channel was this game on the GameCube that it was basically like you're hanging out with Pikachu, and there's like this TV that has like interactive like games and stuff on it. And it's like so weird because it barely has a story. You don't like fight any Pokemon. You're just like chilling with pikachu but it's like super like surreal and bizarre and it has like i don't know just like i like i started designing an album cover and i like used used uh some pictures from it but it's it's just basically like a pokemon game where nothing happens but the graphics are so cute and it's just like yeah you're just hanging out with pikachu oh pikachu found a flower um Oh, you know, actually, all right, that makes sense. It's like kind yeah. of like reminiscent of Pokemon Snap, but okay. you don't really do much either. <laughs> so it's like, it's funny. It's a funny game. I want to like pick the one nobody knows about, and no. then people will have to look it up. I'm kind of fascinated. These these two pictures that GameSpot took for its um, video okay. for its review. I'm gonna look too. Back in twenty third or two thousand three, are very good. I will. I'll. I'll bring those up. <laughs> for the stream they're both exceptionally good pictures now actually i'm kind of fascinated by this game now yeah it's so weird but i loved it or or fascinated by my idea of what the game could be yeah it's like it's like kind of like oh it's like the indie apocalypse games what can a game be right right what could a pokemon game be is sometimes a pokemon game is you um just like hanging out with pikachu while he watches an episode of pokemon yeah like you want the it's weird because on the in the game you can actually watch an episode of like a Pokemon short, and I'm just like, that's kind of meta, I think. Yeah, so here we go. We got some Dogtrio handing <laughs> Pikachu. You're a little behind, but you'll everyone will catch on here in a second. Where Pikachu? There's also like. No, sorry. There's also like a. Sh- oh yeah, there's also like a shopping channel on um in pokemon channel so you just like buy furniture for your house because it's like kind of like you're in a house with pikachu and you just like decorate your house that kind of gives me like animal crossing like vibes right that's that's also like one of my favorite games that's sort of like quiet non-game sort of thing yeah it's just kind of like you're just spending your time playing because like i had um Pokemon XD for the GameCube too, but since I was like a little kid that didn't know how to like actually beat games, right? I got like frustrated with it and I never played it, but I thought it was fun because you get to like you know run around, um, in 3D in, in the Pokemon world. Yeah, I I never 
that was like I was so clocked out that I didn't I wasn't I was never quite sure exactly what that was and I'm not going to look it up now. Um, yeah. <laughs> I in my mind I'm like is it Pokemon Stadium? Is it like a Oh, it's basically like Pokemon Stadium but just like updated. You can run around a little. Yeah. Yeah, you can like there's like some overworld stuff. But but speaking of um overworlds and so, <laughs> so, so that we can get you back to this overworld that we call life, um, we're going to. I'm, I'm going to start wrapping up this show. If that's all right with you, we have. Like yeah, a, I think like, I think we yeah we like make we, we talked about my game yeah <laughs> for like two seconds and then that got distracted but that's fine but no, yeah i'm no, working on it and you've, like you've talked about a lot more than you've, you know, a lot of people talk about their games on this show that's the yeah, benefit of, of having a solo a solo show yeah um but yeah i'm i'm really i'm so excited about this game because i honestly think that like it's just a really fun combination of like a lot of my interests because yeah. um it's like kind of I've been thinking about like you know when I start trying to like sell market it like am I gonna you know approach it from the angle of like you know this is a art like do you know about artist books? No, I mean um, artist, not. I mean yeah, explain please. I mean artist yeah. <laughs> artist books are you know um. You know, kind of like those fancy coffee table books oh, yes. that you can, like, you know, get at, like, when you go to, like, a fancy museum? Yeah, like that, um, um what's that company that put, makes really huge books? You know, the one, mm, they make giant, expensive books. Um, I vaguely know my, what you're talking about. My friend about. has a crazy cat that is from by them. Mm, I forget I'm what they're sure. called, though. But, yeah. yes, I get what you're saying. Yeah, but, like, an artist book is basically, like, a book that it's made, like, with a limited print run. It's not, like, you know, a paperback book or, like, a mass market, like, hardcover. So it's kind of, like, usually the expectation with the artist book is that the, like, actual artist made the book or, you know, helped assemble and, like, they, you know, drew the art for it. They, like, came up with the form for it and stuff. So it's kind of like, okay, so I'm, I'm like, my title or, like, you know, career, vocation, calling, whatever it is, yeah, is, like, I'm an artist. And, like, that's, that's a huge umbrella. So it's kind of like, you know, is the fact that I'm making this as an artist, does this make this an art game slash art um, piece? Which I think it, it is. I think it is because it's, uh, it's... I don't know, it's a lot of, like, hard work and, like, you know, trial and error and, like, kind of crafting each component. Um, but it's also, like, you know, I think artists, a lot of artist books are kind of exclusionary um, because they're so expensive. Yeah. And so I'm also trying to, like, you know, approach it in the way that, um, you know, I sell my zines because I sell my zines at, you know, um fairs and i like you know sell them to like zine distributors and that's been like a really you know it's been a really nice part of my like you know making is that i get to share my work with people and like help them with their businesses too 
So it's kind of like, yeah, I, I feel like I'm going for like, you know, a zini vibe, almost like in the apocalypse, you know, like how it's not so much that, you know, this is an art piece and it must be respected as right. an art piece, but it's kind of like, you know, how can I get this um, project that I love and care about and people are like really interested in it um, because I also like have done playtests um and i've gotten really good response from it um so yeah basically i'm saying like you know it's kind of like interesting to see what my next steps will be kind of like integrating this as like you know an important part of my practice versus like you know commercial prop yeah yeah games have are are very weird in how they interact with other art spaces because i think (laughs) they uh, they do feel like they're sort of like 90 percent commercial products you know yeah, and then I think I think TTRPG has a little more has a little bit more wiggle room in terms of like arts, you know. Yeah, and um, mostly because it's a lot easier to um, create a PDF than it is to sell a game <laughs> and put it on like Xbox or something. Oh yeah, definitely. So um, I think that like that lower barrier to entry that allows more people in. Yeah, I think so, because I think, yeah, I think actually the the way that I came around to, like, starting to make my game was that, um, you know, I like board games, and I was like, okay, how can I make a board game? And then, like, you know, I saw the, all this stuff about, you know, you have to crowdfund, and I'm like, that is way too much work for me. Um, where can I find some DIY people, <laughs> like everything else I do? So I, like, found out more about TTRPGs, and I have friends that play them, and I was like, this kind of seems like, you know, this kind of seems like it resonates with me. So, yeah, it's kind of like I've also been getting into more of, like, the TTRPG community. Um, Like, you know, I, like, started, um, I joined a Discord for this um, TTRPG called Thirsty Sword Lesbians. Okay, yes. And... Have you heard of them? Uh, it, Have you heard of the it, game? Yes, I've heard of the game. Is is that the person who is that is that the sword? The, I'm trying to think of who makes that. I, I, um, their name is. Let me look up there. Oh, fine. Yeah. Well, Evil Hat's producing uh, it or publishing it or whatever. But who made it? I know, I know them because they're in the Discord with me. Yes. <laughs> Wait. Okay. All right. Um. Uh, not evil hat. Damn it. April Walsh, I believe. I don't want to get their April Walsh. Um, Damn, evil hat's. Uh, yeah, yeah, you are right. Uh, April yeah. Kit Walsh. Yes, I had to dig around. Yeah. I had to dig around long They're... enough to find it because fucking evil hat's name is all <laughs> over everything. Um. But yeah, April, she helped put together, like, Thirsty Sword Lesbians, and I'm part of a Discord where people make playbooks for it, and it's, like, it's kind of like, you know, they invited me because I said that, hey, I'm making, like, a game, I want to meet other game makers, but I didn't know, like, you know, I kind of didn't find any spaces that seemed appealing to me as, like, you know, like a black woman and I'm just like, okay, yeah, these people are so nice. Yeah. So like I've been playtesting and like rewriting my rules and stuff with them and like it's I don't know, it's like such a sweet community and I'm like really grateful. Um 
that I'm part of all these, like, you know, so many spaces that are, you know, all for, like, DIY, um, and, like, supporting people that make projects that they really love and care about, which is, like, you know, pretty much all about what I do is, like, it's centered in, like, care and, like, you know, transformative, like, magic and, like, kind of, like, you know, the potential, like, making things and, you know, community and, like, you know, love yeah. and care and stuff like that. All those good things. Yeah, it, it can be very <laughs> difficult to, like, um, get yourself into the door. And then once you're in the door, uh, you better hope you like the room, you know? I know, yeah. So it's like you just have to go into a bunch of rooms and see which ones you like. Right. And you have to, you have to yeah. find a lot of them and go, huh, these ones are locked. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> do I burn this door down or do I just like, you know, go to another Right, exactly. Do I do I think I... burning it on first sight is a little extreme, but right. you know. Do I do I check under the rock for a key? Do I do I just kind of sit by and wait next to it for someone else to come in and I sneak in along with them? Yeah. Do I get like do I get a party to help me knock down the door? Yeah, yeah. All all about figuring out what your technique is. But listen, being yeah. invited in the room is the best way, honestly. I know. It makes me feel so, so, like, so happy and, like, cared for when people are like, hey, I see you're doing cool stuff. Like, you should join us. Yes. Because I try and do that all the time. Like, that's why I'm, like, I've mentioned, like, a million people because it's, like, I really believe in, like, their work and, like, you know, that they kind of have, you know, similar, like, you know, ambition and, like, you know, kind of like a purpose behind what they do. Yeah, I've, I've definitely. It's my whole, my whole thing. This whole, 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 <laughs> yeah, whole project is is like trying to talk about as much other people's work as possible. I mean, yeah, I think that's so amazing. I mean, I saw your work and I was like, that's so cool. Like, I want to like, I don't know how I'll be part of this, but uh, you made it very easy by putting up a submission. thing. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, or if like zines, I'm always welcome to, I say always, yeah. but I have a couple of people who I just haven't contacted. Sometimes I, I had a, had a, um, a, a, a thing where I was like, why am I not making as much money? And I realized that I was basing royalties on um, gross and not net. So I was, oh, no. I was personally like not getting anything out of it basically because I think like itch and payment processes were eating up my percentages. Yeah. But that was because I launched, uh, my, I launched my first one live. So and I just, and I just literally copied my formula to each subsequent one. Mm-hmm. Never accounting yeah. for uh, processor fees. Oh yeah, I have. I actually am on itch. Yeah. Oops, I forgot. Yeah, because like um, my last, my first collaborative zine, um, space for black hair is up on there. But I kind of like started putting things on there because you know to get ready for like you know the tarot poem party launch. Um, I'm also going to try and, like, start putting um, my zines on there. And so, yeah, it's, like, I think it's also, like, the itch community is, like, I think that's so interesting um, that there's, like, you know, a more central space to find um, indie games. Because, honestly, I like them a lot more than some mainstream ones. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm similar in that I'm a real um, indie freak in terms of just independent. I got... Just today, I can't. I can't grab. Oh, I can grab. Just, just today, I'm holding 
a package from Latvia of from Koosh Comics. Ooh. I can open it live. People like unboxings, right? Yeah. People love unboxings. I'm all for a good unboxing. An unboxing that you can't see. It's it's a it's an audio unboxing. Yeah, here, you have to like you know imagine the the you know the box and the, opening it up. <laughs> oh yeah. Here's the plastic wrap. Um, yeah, my latest Kush comic came in, which is alternative comic stuff from Latvia and all over the world. But, so uh, cool. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of independent art. And I love kind of like, yeah. and also like a related to your thing, itch is like, if you have um, like free, like any zines that are also free, if you make any of those, mm -hmm. you can just embed them Ooh. and you can just like flip. I, I don't know how people do it I've, I'm, <laughs> I've ne because I've never personally done it, but I don't imagine it's too hard, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, you can just embed them and then people can read them in browser. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, also, I remembered, like, the, probably the longest, like, ins longest running inspiration for my game is this, uh, this book called Poem Crazy by Susan Goldsmith Wood, Will, Will Bridge, Will, yeah, Their, her name is, uh, no, I, I've been a down little bit not, I've yeah. been down that road before, too. Okay, I will, I will try and pronounce it correctly, so the book is called Poem Crazy, and it's by Susan, Susan Goldsmith Will, Bridge. Wold, Wold, Woldridge. Woldridge, yes. The Woldridge, D was tripping yeah. me up. Yes, no, Woldridge is, yeah. is what I would um, say. I, yeah. But yeah, like my last like temp job that was awful, I read this book like back and forth. Because um, I always wanted to write like poems. Um, but it's basically like, it's like, hey, you know, try and make some poems and, you know, it also like talks about like making like little like taking little slips of paper and like putting words together kind of like almost like magnetic poetry which is like you know i don't know it's like all around the same line of like right. you know having poems cutting them up kind of like not treating them as precious but also like you know right. respecting that they're the art form right poetry so, as yeah. a um, <laughs> um uh like, like like a found art not necessarily something you have yeah. to write yourself how you can create poetry out of if if mm -hmm. you just um just in this last issue in uh, there's a game called last november by dh crow still which is um mm -hmm. it's like a erasable poetry zine is how they Ooh. how they phrased it where it's like text that you click on and it disappears words vanish and you make poetry like that yeah. It's pre existing chunks of text. Have you heard of poem games? Like a, as the broad concept or a specific one? Uh, no, as the broad concept. Probably. Yeah, they're on, like, there's a ton of them on itch. Like, you could probably look it up. But I was yeah. like, I found out about them. And I was like, that's super weird. You can make a poem game. I think they're kind of like very short games. Yeah. And it's like a lot of them are just like journal, journally. Like almost like a solo like TTRPG. Yeah, yeah. A lot, there's a lot of this is, I've found recently. In recently, I say in the last uh, two and a half years of doing this project, that there's a lot of solo journaling mm -hmm. games. I love those so much, and I haven't played any, which is like kind of funny. Yeah, right. It's 
You have to be yeah. maybe in like the same mind, the right mindset for it, you know? Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. All my, like, I love all these little tangents. Um, I think we were like going to wrap up. Yes. Well, you yeah. Clearly not an avid <laughs> listener of the show or you would know better that when I say it's time to wrap up, it means 20 more minutes. Uh, yeah. It's like, it's like when I leave a room and I'm like, yeah, I'm leaving. And then yeah. I just like say bye to like 20 people. And I'm like, yeah, I'm leaving now. Yes. I will literally drag myself out of this room. Exactly. That's it's, <laughs> it's like, that's why I call this. That's why this show has been christened um, your online post-con hangout. Because after an event and everyone's like, yeah, I got to go, got to go. Um, and then yeah, it, I gotta... <laughs> everyone's there 30 minutes later. Uh, I love it. It's like, you know, you're having so much fun and you don't want to leave. Yes, right. You can't find the natural out to the conversation, so somebody has to put their foot down and say, Yes. Here's the out. We have boundaries in this house. <laughs> right, and the boundary is... Time boundaries. The time, exactly. This too. Um, and my boundary yeah. is... Should I get this? It was Tashin was the name I was thinking about a while ago. Or oh, for Tishin, what? Of the, like, the big art books. Oh. Okay. And I don't think I need this. Yeah. I was looking at a book that they had, and I thought, oh, this is this might be cool, but I don't think it's actually that cool. Yeah. Um, I think, like, if you go find, a find like, a random, like, artist, they probably made something better than that. Yeah. Because, well, like, there's a lot of... I do Rezo printing, and there's so many good artist books that are like Rezo printed. So I would go, I would start there first if you want to get a really nice book. Yeah. Um, no, I was, I thought I saw a cool one. It was like manga artist, and I thought, oh, wait a minute, is this a cool collection of. It seems fine. <laughs> it seems like one of the situations where I'm in much deeper. So it's like, I don't. I don't benefit yeah. from what they have. There may, yeah. There may be a couple like weird oddball like artists that I that aren't in the West that I would have picked up, but um maybe I will. Whatever, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Life time, is short. time is short, it's twenty dollars. <laughs> that's not yeah, that's maybe not that one. <laughs> but Yeah. But anyway, this show is coming. Yeah. But the show, the show is, is is coming to an end. We've crested an hour now, which is, yes, which is how long I like to keep these solo shows. You would think if you would think with the format that, huh, if he does 20 minute segments for all the guests, so simply surely a solo guest must be a 20 minute show. What a fool you are. Especially not if your solo guest has um, fifty fifty yeah. hobbies and they like talking. You're right. A lot. Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, all of my solo guests have enjoyed talking, <laughs> which is a blessing like, to me. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much. No, thank you for being on the show, um, Sabrina. Where can people find your stuff if they want to look for it? And I hope they do want to look um, for it. Yeah, my let's see, let me look it. Up. What's what's the easiest um, place to find you? The easiest place to find me is starlyart.studio, oh, which perfect. is a website. You have your own And website. I also am Beautiful. I'm also on Instagram as starlyartstudio and you can get all my links um on either one of those pages. Perfect. But yeah, and I also have a Bandcamp which is also linked onto uh, my website. Yes, <laughs> multidisciplinary. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> multidisciplinary more links. <laughs> yes, you've got links upon links, and who knows? In a year, you may have other links. <laughs> Yeah. There, there may be new new art forms, new ideas, new things that you've created links for. Yeah. But, but there may be new services in a year. You never know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm doing like zine design, um, print design, so workshops, shows, all those good things. Maybe people will actually be – is do 2023, do you get into animation? You know? Oh God, no! I'm not going there. I, <laughs> I I told myself I I will not be an animator, no matter no matter how much I want to do it. Because it takes forever. Yeah, I'll just do my like my my digital art and be happy yeah. with that. Right. <laughs> there there is a reason why. Um, it, it there's like entire teams, and then they ship their work to an entire other team. It takes yeah. a lot. But a, be- yeah. a beautiful form, nonetheless. Yeah. Oh, anyway. Yeah, I have outro music. Yes, well, I've you're 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 jumping the gun there. Sorry. No, that's fine. I like that song so much. It's called "Talk to Me." Yes. Um, it- and I'm also releasing a new song either today or tomorrow, depending on how I feel. Yeah. So we are. I will. I will say on my part. <laughs> by Indie Apocalypse, it's good. There's a new one coming out in, in in scarce six days from now, if you can believe it. Oh, that's exciting! They I just, can't wait to read it. They just keep coming out, you know. I'm Not, so happy for you. I've yeah. It's it's uh, it's weird how I just keep doing this every every week every month, <laughs> and how I just it's just part of my life now. Yeah. Um, if you want to do something, if you learned anything from myself or Sabrina, this episode is if you want to do something, just do it. Yeah, do it. Experiment. Yeah. Um, don't, don't be afraid to to be silly and make messes. Yeah. Don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to hate, yeah. hate your own work. Failing, failing is good. Yeah. Honestly. Right. Right. Listen, the, the, it's the people who don't fail that never improve. Because yeah. they're they're so secretly deep. they're secretly always failing. They just don't realize it. Yeah. <laughs> I I I've seen, life advice. Yes, I have seen in in doing this the brazen confidence of people who make the most uh, subpar uninteresting work. But yeah, but your your work is more likely than not to be not sub subpar. Yeah. yeah. And if you recognize <laughs> that it's it's that old speech, you know, if you think your work looks bad, that's a good thing because you recognize bad work and you know you want to be better. Yeah, um, so true. Anyway, like, like I said <laughs> earlier, we are exiting with the show as soon as I dig up FUBAR. We're exiting with um, the titular t- – you know what? Since you're on the show – and you obviously give me clearance. I don't even have to edit. I don't have to. I'm not even going to stop my recording. If that if you're fine with that, I'm just going to let it ride so it stays in the archive. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, and you can find it on my Bandcamp. Well, perfect. So if you're <laughs> listening, you're listening. You know how normally if you're listening to this archive and I say <laughs> the names of songs and you're like, I didn't hear that song. <laughs> this time when I say um, we're going to be closing out our show with Sabrina Sims' Talk to Me, you're going to actually hear it. 
What yeah. a world we're living in. Sabrina, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks so much. Glad to have you. Maybe one day. Me too. I will... This was super fun. Thank you. I love to have the show. It's the, it's the, it's the, it's the, it's the way I go out and meet people in this post or in this um, convention locked down world. Or also, yes. I'm not spending a lot of money <laughs> kind of world. Yeah. I realized that. Um... Nope, never mind. I was going to go into a conversation again. I'm not going to that. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Bye.